this is John Gramstrand, and I'm a certified energy specialist for CHS Egg Services in Stephen, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Egg Services, providing solutions for your success. Good afternoon. Welcome to Agriculture Today as we come to you from Fargo and the North Harvest Bean Growers. It is Bean Day, their annual Bean Day going on today, and we are brought to you today by the good folks at BASF. We're going to learn a little bit more about what's happening with the BASF portfolio and, of course, uh, recognize they are a, a silver sponsor here of Bean Day as well. But first, let's check in on the markets. Randy, what's happening in the trade? Seeing a grain market that's turned mixed here over the noon hour. We had been a little firmer uh, across the board here throughout the morning on some follow-through uh, short covering. Uh, but now we're seeing, uh, right now, soybeans trading a couple of pennies lower. Corn is a half a penny either side of unchanged. The wheat complex uh, remaining anywhere from two to six cents higher here. The uh, export sales report out this morning, actually not bad at all. We saw very good export sales for the uh, soybeans and we also really good exports for wheat here this morning as well. Net wheat exports, uh, 708,000 metric tons, way above the uh, uh, both the four-week average yeah. and the previous week. And uh, the uh, uh, soybean number, 783,000 metric tons, also noticeably more than the previous week. However, it was about 13% less than the four-week average. Don? We're talking right now with Tracy Hillebrand, who is a regional seed treatment technical representative with BASF. Tracy, first of all, appreciate the, uh, the chance to connect. Let's talk about the seed treatments themselves. First of all, uh, really the importance of, of making sure that uh, we get that job done. Yeah, the best way to have a great yield is to start your, your stands off strong and protect those uh, uh, crops and for early season from early season diseases so a great thing to do is apply a seed treatment to all your crops but especially to your broadleaves. Are we seeing more and more of that uh, getting done? Yeah uh, across all of our crops it's more and more common especially when uh, weather is getting more diverse and we don't know what each year is going to bring so it's great uh, way to look at using it as like an insurance option to really make sure your stands are great. So we're here talking about the dry bean portfolio. You've got something new to talk about for our growers here today. We do. We So we're launching a new uh, product this year called Relania. Uh, it's a group three triazole that's really going to help strengthen your portfolio for fusarium uh, and rhizoc root rot diseases, as well as ascochyta and chickpeas as well. So is that, do you have other seed treatments as well besides the, the new product here? Yeah, so um, depending on which crop you're going to be planting, which pulse crop, but especially for your dry beans, uh, a product we're using is Obvious Plus. So it's a complete fungicide package that now you're able to top up for additional disease controls with the addition of Relania. So uh, give me an idea with the uh, new product, uh, its availability, uh, we're going to be uh, all prepped for this spring? We are. So a lot of our dry beans come pre-treated from out in the out in Idaho. So um, one of the things that we're working on out west, no uh, issues with having products available. So that's going to be one of the new additions that you guys are going to see across your fields um, for your dry beans this year. If folks want to find out more, what uh, what should they do? You can contact your local BSF rep um, as well as myself to learn more. Good deal. Tracy Hillebrand with us, Regional Seed Treatment uh, Technical Representative. We're talking seed treatment and, of course, talking to the good folks from BASF. And with that, Randy, uh, turn it back to you. Give us those numbers. All right. March Wheat, Minneapolis, 27. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
Good afternoon. Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. We're coming to you from the North Harvest Bean Growers Association Bean Day underway as we speak in Fargo. Our update need made possible by the good folks at BASF. We're visiting right now with BASF business representative Nick Salentine. And Nick, first of all, talk to me, why is BASF involved the way you are here at a show like this? Yeah, thanks, Don. Um, you know, very important for BASF to continue to be a sponsor of this event. It's, it's great to be back. Like you mentioned, uh, Silver Sponsor. Um, for BSF, uh, you know, the driving acre is very important, so we want to continue to bring different tools for them to uh, control weeds. That's what, uh, you know, I'm here to talk about today. And certainly we know we've got some tough weeds we're dealing with water hemp, probably at the top of the list in, in this dry bean region. What are some of the ways we should be looking at, uh, at controlling those weeds? Yeah, you know, BSF has a, um, a great portfolio to control some of those uh, tough to control weeds. And we've, you know, we've, we first want to start off with a good uh, early post application of Aristo. Typically, you're at 11 to 16 ounces. And, uh, you know, when you, you mentioned water hemp, um, we really want to make sure that we're adding in something like Outlook herbicide. That's going to help you minimize the population uh, to begin with. That's our lay-by application. So uh, trying to reduce the population of weeds that emerge in the first place, given, you know, the dry beans the best chance to, to thrive. And really that whole idea of having that residual is uh, is important for all of the, whatever crop we're talking about. Yeah, and, and you know, and when you think about your traditional other row crops, uh, corn, soybeans, whatever, it's it's the dry beans are a little bit uh, difficult. There's, there's less options, so that's why we really emphasize something like Outlook to, to like I said, reduce the population to begin with that, that can emerge. Again, uh, great control when we're talking about these BASF products. We're visiting with Nick Salentine, business representative, and we're going to pull in Ken Dybert now, a technical agronomist here with BASF as well. We're talking weeds, talking seed treatment. We know, uh, particularly when we uh, look at, uh, depending on what kind of weather we have, white mold, rust, some of these kind of issues certainly can be a, a challenge here in the dry bean business. Yeah, absolutely, Don. Thanks, Thanks uh, first off, for uh, taking some time to visit with us again today. But, uh, yeah, the dry bean show here, always a, a great showing uh, for with the dry bean uh, growers here in the area. And as Nick mentioned, obviously a very important crop to uh, BSF and to the, to the uh, area industry. And uh, one of the first diseases I think about uh, when I think of dry beans is white mold. Uh, very economically important disease. And, uh, you know, it's one of those diseases that obviously is a very aggressive and, uh, and knowing that, we we got to be on our A-game, so to speak, when we're, we're tackling this disease. And uh, our product, Endura fungicide, uh, still a market leader in, in that white mold control segment. And, and uh, no different in, in dry beans, uh, among other crops like soybean, uh, for example, where white mold can be a problem, a canola. But uh, we want to tackle that disease early, but not too early. You know, in terms of timing, uh, you know, we, we utilize a lot of information from North Dakota State, especially out of that carrying. Uh, location with Michael Bunch, uh, but looking at that pin pod stage, uh, when those those pods just start to develop on the on the lower nodes of that stem, uh, really the lowest nodes, uh, that's when we want to make that application of Endura. And a lot of times that'll coincide with row closure or close to row closure. And that's uh, in terms of getting the timing right. And then obviously selecting the, the right nozzle that's going to deliver, you know, those medium, uh, maybe up to coarse size droplets, uh, just a good mix of uh, droplets that are going to do a great job of, of covering that entire plant, but most importantly, getting it deep into the canopy. And uh, that's very important to get that, that application right. Are there plant health benefits as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. So when I think of uh, plant health in terms of dry beans, that a lot of times can coincide with uh, dry bean rust timing. Uh, and, and we all know that in any given year we can see uh, dry bean rust come into, come into that crop. And, uh, you know, our, really our, our lead product there uh, has been Preaxor fungicide. Uh, we do have a, a, a multiple products that we can use now uh, due to our expanding portfolio for that dry bean rust slash plant health segment. That's going to come after the white mold timing. You know, we're really looking at that, uh, call it R3, R4, probably focusing on R4 timing. But most importantly, especially if we do run into a dry bean rust uh, prone situation, we're going to time that around that, that rust uh, infection and staying ahead of that disease. But starting with Endura, uh, finishing with uh, Preaxor, uh, or again, one of the other BSF plant health products, uh, that's really our, our go-to strategy when it comes to fungicides and disease control in, in this crop. Ken Dybert with us. Again, BASF, a big part of uh, their portfolio. Great for this uh, dry bean industry. We're coming to you from Bean Day, underway in Fargo. With more farm news, we turn over to Randy Conan. All right, thanks, Don. USDA's weekly export sales report out this morning, delayed one day due to the MLK holiday on Monday, showed 1.27 million metric tons of corn sold during the week ending January 11th. That's well above the previous week, 63% more than the four-week average. Soybean export sales at 783,000 metric tons, noticeably more than the previous week, but 13% less than the four-week average. Net wheat exports sales at 708,000 tons, well above both the four-week average and the previous week. Minnesota Farmers Union is in the process of expanding its meat processing work at Staples, Minnesota. Special Program Coordinator Dave Endicott says land has been purchased to expand the meat processing training facility at Central Lakes College. We're in the planning stages, kind of getting all of the infrastructure pieces put together uh, for the land and then getting the building that will go around these modular units and then we'll be able to start uh, processing, we're hoping, early next year. And since there's no USDA processing within the five-county region that this is serving, uh, this will hopefully fill a nice gap there, too. And MFU has developed a meat and poultry loan program. The meat and poultry intermediary loan program uh, that will be kicking off here in just a couple of weeks. We have a little over $900,000 that we can loan out to people in the meat processing industry for new, uh, for expansion, for equipment, some gap funding if they're doing something else. Uh, so that's going to be rolling out here real soon as well. For more information from the Red River Farm Network, you can visit Facebook, X. You can also find po stories, podcasts, and more all at rrfn.com. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. It is Bean Day, put together by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. Great crowd, as always, for their annual event. Our broadcast made possible by BASF, and we're visiting right now with BASF business representative Ryan Casban. We talked seed treatment, we talked herbicides, we talked uh, uh, fungicides. Uh, obviously, the next step in this whole process is uh, desiccants. Sharpen certainly comes to mind. Uh, Ryan, you've got a, a new resource for growers. Tell me about it. Yeah, so um, one of the biggest questions people ask me is, you know, when do we do the desiccating? What do we use? What are the rates? Well, we created this new book that you can get at a retailer, and it shows timing and pictures. It's really handy. And I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I know this isn't TV, but as I'm showing Don here, I mean, we got some really, really nice pictures showing timing and how this will work on all different crops. And that's what growers are looking for, that visual. It's, uh, it's 
you know, we talk about different stages of development, those kind of things. When we actually can uh, put our eyes to it, that really helps. Right, and on top of that, it tells you which adjuvants use with it, the rates, the timing. But what's really important is having these pictures in here. Uh, because like I said before, people call me, hey, I need to desiccate this crop. When should we go? And what should the crop look like? From sunflowers to dryable beans, and we even have cotton in here, which <laughs> we don't talk about much, but I mean, this is a great resource and you can get these books, you know, from, from a authorized BSF retailer, they'll have them, or you can even ask your business rep if you know them and they'll get a hold of this for you and get it to you. It's uh, certainly uh, really important. And as we mentioned, Sharpen is really the uh, go-to when we talk about uh, the dry bean portfolio. Yeah, Sharpen is our go-to product for desiccating edibles. Um, but on top of that, we have a lot of people that mix and match different desiccants to, you know, to provide them the best type of uh, control that they want for weeds slash uh, uh, desiccating dry beans also. So. Good deal. And again, don't forget, you can go to your ag retailer or check in with your local BASF uh, representative and uh, get that uh, resource, that uh, booklet that's available on desiccation itself. Ryan, thanks again for visiting with us. Yep. Thank you, Don. Appreciate it. Thanks to BASF hosting us as it is Bean Day here uh, going on in Fargo, brought to you by the North Harvest Bean Growers Association. Along with Tyler Donaldson, I'm Don Wick, and with more farm news, we turn to Randy Conan. All right, thanks, Don. American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention kicks off today. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more from Salt Lake City, Utah. Joining us is Minnesota Farm Bureau President Dan Glessing. What are you looking forward to here throughout this uh, this conference? Well, getting together with friends and making new friends, quite honestly. Uh, it's a great way to network with members from all over the country and see different ways of, of production agriculture and, and just visiting with those. Uh, certainly there's breakouts for kind of something for everybody there and um, looking forward to those and then of course we kind of wrap up with our delegate session on Tuesday and that's kind of where the the sausage is made really. <laughs> so what are some of the the big topics that you're expecting to hear a lot about? Uh, certainly farm bill uh, it's top of mind if we can't we really would like to see these appropriation bills get done so that we could pay some attention to farm bill before presidential politics kind of come into play and so I think that's going to be the overarching conversation really uh, is how do we get this farm bill done uh, I know there's there's we're going to be looking for a call to action uh, from our members to to contact their legislatures and legislators and uh, be looking for that information here following annual meeting but uh, really uh, at the end of the day I think getting the farm bill done and, and um, just coming back with a, a more information and, and gaining some insight uh, throughout those breakout breakout sessions and, and visiting with folks so Dan Glessing joining us here on the Red River Farm Network. Coverage from the American Farm Bureau Annual Convention in Salt Lake City, Utah, is brought to you by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, South Dakota Farm Bureau, NDFB, and Minnesota Farm Bureau. According to a new report from Farm Bureau Market Intel, the farm financial environment has changed with the increased interest rates. The report said financing costs for operating loans rose 43 percent from 2022 to 2023. During times of vulnerability, strong management and decision-making skills are a must. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. 
Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ann Bailey. And what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week this week? This week's cover is about malting barley and contracts and too much barley and too little beer. The decline in beer sales, consumption of beer uh, with the new generation that prefers seltzers and other drinks, and and big barley crop in 22 and 23 has resulted in fewer barley acres being contracted in 24. It's almost a, a perfect storm. It is. It's, it's uh, something the brewing and malting industry is trying to get a handle on, and uh, there are lots of moving parts. I visited with a few farmers, um, wasn't able to talk to uh, brewing company rep representatives, but I got the perspective of the farmers and did some research of my own and got a lot of facts and figures about the beer market and about barley contracts and what the decline in acreage will mean to farmers. It's a specialty market now, so it's like any other specialty market. It very much is a supply demand and there aren't any trading trading going on, so yeah, it, it ebbs and flows. Well, Ann, sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Let's check markets before we leave you this noon hour. We're seeing March wheat in Minneapolis, six and a quarter cents higher at six ninety four and a quarter. The May contract's up six and a half, or rather up four and a half. Uh, March Chicago wheat, seven cents higher at five ninety two and a half. Kansas City March wheat's up two and three quarters at six oh eight and a quarter. March corn, penny and three quarter higher at four forty five and three quarters. July corn's up three quarters of a penny at six at uh, four sixty four and a quarter. March soybeans are now down a half penny at twelve thirteen. The May contract down one and a half at twelve twenty two and three quarters. In Winnipeg, March canola is down three dollars eighty cents a metric ton, six twenty eight even Canadian. February live cattle down forty five cents at one seventy four forty. April's down twenty seven at one seventy seven thirty seven. January feeder cattle down ninety two cents at two thirty even. March feeder cattle down sixty five cents at two thirty one ninety. February lean hogs are down 32 cents at $70.77 and April down 25 cents at $78.20. Thanks for joining us. Have a good Friday. This is the Red River Farm Network.